listening to I Love Old Time Radio with your host, Virtual Vinny. We are wrapping up the week here on I Love Old Time Radio. Welcome, Old Time Radio fans. I'm your host, Virtual Vinny. You can interact with us via social media on our Facebook page at I Love Old Time Radio. Send feedback via our contact form on our website at iloveoldtimeradio.com. If you enjoyed this program, please consider supporting us by joining the Vintage Radio Club. All Vintage Radio Club members get access to our Saturday program in which we present shows that are longer than our half-hour podcast, which feature productions from Lux Radio Theater and Mercury Theater on the Air and more. If you join us on our Patreon page, you get more features like an exclusive I Love Old Time Radio sticker, access to our ad-free podcast, and more. Visit iloveoldtimeradio.com forward slash support for more details. I Love Old Time Radio produces a new show every Monday through Friday, each day with a different theme. On Friday, we are entertained by the world's greatest comedy duo on the Abbott and Costello Show. This episode originally aired on March 31st, 1948, and here is Lou Becomes a T-Man. Look, Costello, there's our band leader, Maddie Malnick. Uh, he, look, he's just coming in the studio. You know he's got a lot of nerve, Abbott. What do you mean? I'm going to talk to him. Hey, Malnick. What's the idea of showing up late again? Ah, oh, shut up. This is my week off. But you were off last week, the week before that, and, and the week before that. Matty, you've got to put in more working hours. Which one are you, Taft or Hartley? Uh, <laughs> I guess you told you, Abbott. <laughs> he says he's going he's gonna to make this one of the highest class bands in the country. How's he going to do it? He's taking out all the brass and putting in sterling silver. I think the band is pretty good as it is. There's only one thing wrong, Abbott. What? The harp is too loud. There's no harp in the band. What do you think that drummer is, Italian? (laughs) That's no way to talk. That's no way to talk about a musician. You should get more friendly with the boys. Oh, I tried being friendly with them, Abbott. I invited them over to my house for a buffet supper. (laughs) Not buffet supper. It's buffet. The tea is silent. Not the way those guys drink it. a minute, Costello. I don't have to take that gust from you. <laughs> oh, no. Now, listen, Malik. I'm the boss of the show, and you get in the front of that band and start waving that sticker, I'll fire you. You can't fire me. I'll be on this show as long as I like. This week and next week. In fact, I'll be on it next year if I want. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. My brother-in-law happens to be vice president of this network. He is? Yes, he is. Would you fix it so I can be on a show next week? I've been robbed! I've been robbed! I've been robbed! I've tell you all, I've been robbed! No, no, no. Who's that? Joe Walcott. <laughs> He's been that way ever since he fought Joe Lewis. Hello, boys. Well, look who's here. It's Susan Miller. you should be ashamed of yourself. 
fighting with Maddie Malnick. He's a thorough musician. He's How do you spell that thorough? <laughs> He's a clarinet player. Studied with the Los Angeles Dental College. What would a clarinet player do with a dental college? He used to sit there all day and make false tooth. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Mm-hmm. You know, my Uncle Tom in Baltimore, he used to be a test pilot in the underwear factory. He used to let the flaps down on the union suits. <laughs> good one, Lou. You know, before I married my wife, Betty, she used to be a mechanic in a candy factory. She used to tighten the nuts on the peanut brittle. (laughs) Please let me rest in peace. Why can't you let me rest in peace? Why do you keep digging me up? Every week you dig me up. Who are you? Joe Miller. (laughs) Never mind him, Costello. What's that present you said you uh, bought for Susan? A present for me? Why, Costello, you're wonderful. Yes, I got it right here, Susan. I think you'll like this. Go ahead, lift off the cover. Oh, dear. It's wonderful, but what is it? A musical garbage can. <laughs> Shame on you, Costello. A garbage can for a fine girl like Susan. I'm sorry, Susan. But you know how I feel about you. You are a radiant vision of ethereal loveliness, and the cosmic vibrations of your mere presence fills my humble soul with palpitation of ecstasy. Was that me? Costello. Wait till I give you the finish. Wait a minute. Fills my humble soul with palpitations of ecstasy. Don't you feel good, Lou? Yes. (laughs) Where did you learn to talk like that? I used to write ads for Honest John. I... <laughs> Never mind, Costello. I think it was very sweet of you to give me the present. And in appreciation, I'm going to give you a kiss that will make your toes curl. Ah, you couldn't give me a kiss that would make my toes curl up. Oh, no? Yeah. Come here. <laughs> So long, Curly. (laughs) You know, Abby, she calls me her secret lover. Why? She says when people see me, they'll know why she keeps me a secret. (laughs) Castella, why don't you get serious with Susan? She'd make a good housewife. No girl is going to make a housewife out of me. No, no, you idiot. Why don't you propose to Susan? I proposed her four times last night. How did she react? First she was hot, then she was cold, then she was hot, then she was cold. Where, wait a minute, where, where, where did you propose to her? Between the icebox and the gas stove. I... Hey, <laughs> uh, dummy. Hurry why... up before the joke cools off. <laughs> yeah, dummy, why, why didn't you propose to her in the parlor? I couldn't have it. There were 50 guys playing pool in the parlor. Susan lives at the YMCA. Uh, the YMCA? You right. idiot, they don't allow girls to live in the YMCA. That's against the rules. Suppose they found out that Susan is living there. Who's gonna tell? I... <laughs> Why do you pick such places to propose to a girl? Why don't you pick uh, romantic places? Why don't you take her horseback riding in the park? I tried that too. I climbed off the horse, got down on my knees in front of her and jumped up. 
Then I got down on my knees again, and then I jumped up again. And then I got down on my knees again, and then I jumped up again. What, what was the matter? Were you nervous? No, I forgot to take off my spurs. <laughs> That's the trouble with you, Costello. When you propose to a girl, don't let anything stop you. Oh, nothing will stop me. Now, if a girl says you've got to give her all your money... That won't stop me. Well, if she says to you, you've got to stay home nights and help her with the housework... That won't stop me. And if she says she wants a family of ten children... That stops me. That... Well, Costello's my wife. Aren't you going to say hello to my doll? My little dumpling? I beg your pardon? Hi, I want you to say uh, hello to my little dumpling. Hiya, dump. <laughs> my, Costello, don't you look charming today? You and your new look shape. What do you mean, new look shape? You're the only man in Hollywood with an ankle-length stomach. <laughs> Used to be only knee-length, but I let the hem out. Let the air out, you little woozy-headed windbag. Now, now, honey. Costello's stomach is not that big. Thanks, bud. My waistline is what you'd call a Republican waistline. Republican waistline? Yes, it's been out since 32 and is looking forward to 48. <laughs> Mind that, Costello. Aren't you glad to see my wife? Huh? Aren't you glad to see my wife, Lou? Oh, sure. Mrs. Abbott, you're a sight with sore eyes. You mean I'm a sight for sore eyes. Okay, you're a sight with four sore eyes. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with my eyes. I saw you going down Hollywood Boulevard yesterday with that red-headed bubblegummer. Yeah, who was that red-headed girl? Now, I don't know her name, Abbott, but I call her baseball. Why? She was thrown out at home. <laughs> should find some nice girl and get married. Look how happy Betty and I are. Yes, indeed, Costello. Buddy does just as I tell him. At home, I've got him eating out of my hand. He has to. The dishes are all dirty. <laughs> Costello, why do you always argue with Betty? Can't you say something nice to her? Okay, Abbott, I will. Mrs. Abbott, you remind me of a beautiful thing of nature growing out in the field. Oh, do you really think y so? Yes, ma'am. you got a shape like an old crab apple tree. <laughs> And may I say that you, too, remind me of nature. When I see you, I think of a stroll through the beautiful orange groves of California. Do I remind you of the orange trees? No, the smudge pot! <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's telling you, my little potato. You sure left, you sure left him holding the bag. Oh. No, my little potato, you always leave him holding the bag. No, my little potato, you always leave him holding the bag. Ladies and gentlemen, you have just heard from a couple old potato bags. <laughs> Again, Costello, you insulted my wife. You just can't, can't get along with anybody. No, no wonder girls won't have anything to do with you. Well, it ain't that, Abbott. The girls today are all looking for heroes. I know what I'll do. I'll be a hero. <laughs> no use, Costello. You'll never be a hero. You don't know how to act like a hero. No. I saw a picture last night called T-Men. I watched every move they made. Those T-Men are real heroes. Abbott, I wish I was a T-Man. <laughs> 
Mr. Costello. Yes? What do you want? I hear you say that you wanted to be a T-man. I'd rather be a T-man than anything else in the world. Ah, that's the spirit. That's the kind of men we need. Would you mind working night? I'll work any time. Okay, you've got the job. You are now a T-man. You can start tonight. I want you to cover the nightclub. Be at the Blue Goose Cafe at midnight. Here's the address of our headquarters. Report back to me in the morning. Good night. Abbott, at last, I'm a T-man. Wait until Mary Lou Bozzo hears about this. She'll come crawling to me on her hands and knees. Why should Mary Lou crawl to you on her hands and knees? She'll have to. She's only nine months old. Oh. <laughs> come on, Castello. I'm going to help you to make a, a good T-man. And that's only half the fun, folks. Just as many laughs yet to come. But first, listen to this. And now back to Abbott and Costello. Things out with a hey and a hi and a ho ho ho! With a hey and a hi and a ho ho ho, you start off the day with a glow ho ho. Sing all the way as you go ho ho with a hey and a hi and a ho ho ho. Up go the blinds and you know ho ho, it ain't gonna rain anymore ho ho. Sun's gotta shine 'cause you made it. I'm a real tea man. Boy, am I happy. Quiet, Costello. You must never disclose your identity, even if you're captured by a mob of gangsters and they beat you over the head. Don't tell them who you are. I won't tell them who I am. The leader of the mob hits you on the head with a lead pipe. I won't tell them who I am. If three gangsters grab you and they all beat your head against the wall, I won't tell them who I am. Then a cop comes in to rescue you. I won't tell them who I am. Why? Why then I won't know who I am. As a T-man, you'll have to watch the racetracks 
for horses being doped. I saw a guy doping a horse the other day. He put dope in the horse's mouth. Dope under the saddle. Dope in the horse's leg. The horse win? No, he was disqualified for flying over the grandstand. <laughs> Look, you dummy, suppose we get a call from the chief of the team end to raid a gambling joint. Then we work as a team. I'll watch him and you search him. Well, what if we raid a bookmaker's place? I'll watch him and you search him. Suppose we raid a burlesque show. I'll search him and you watch him. <laughs> I'm used to that kind of work. I once investigated the case of the blonde bubble dancer. Uh, how did you do? I busted it wide open. <laughs> I, I don't believe you were ever a detective in a case in your life. I was so at it. I investigated the case of the murdered millionaire. I can see the body now. Hanging from the chandelier, a knife sticking in his back, six bullet holes in his chest, and a bottle of poison in his hand. I made out my report. What did you say caused his death? Old age. I... Well, if you want to be a, a good tea man, read a lot of mystery books. That's no good, Abbott. They're too spooky. My Uncle Jim Kelly was reading one the other night, and he heard a noise downstairs. No, you mean he thinks he heard a noise downstairs. He sneaked downstairs. He saw a shadow. He thinks he saw a shadow. Then he heard a shot. He thinks he heard a shot. Where is Jim now? He thinks he's dead. that we're supposed to be at the Blue Goose uh, Cafe at midnight. It's over on the other side of town. Now, uh, what's the quickest way to get there? By boat. By... <laughs> By boat? How can a boat get through the Los Angeles traffic? Something must be getting through. Cars ain't. <laughs> oh, come on. We're going... we're going to the Blue Goose Cafe. Hey, Abbott. I don't like the looks of this part of town. Look. Look at that guy standing in front of that saloon wearing glasses. So what? Lots of people wear glasses. With beer in them? <laughs> I'm going to ask that ragged man where the Blue Goose Cafe is. Say, uh, buddy, you, like, uh, you look like you know this section of town. Uh, here's a dime. I'd like some information about this neighborhood. Yeah, you got a lot of nerve. What do you think I do? Just come around this neighborhood? In the old days, I was a school teacher, but I gave it up. Why? You can make more money being a bum. <laughs> yeah, but I was a good algebra teacher. I studied algebra for nine years. Uh, do you find it useful? No. You don't want many people who speak algebra. <laughs> I know how you feel, Mr. Bum. My Uncle Mike was once a bum. He was so poor he had to roll his own cigarettes. Lots of people roll cigarettes. From the gutter up to the sidewalk? <laughs> It must be awful to have no money. They said you don't know what poverty is. Why, when I was born, my mother was so poor, the stork left me with the woman next door. That's very sad. You're like my poor cousin Vincent. He worked from the time he was five years old to save money to go to college. He was stuck up by crooks. They took his money. He was the first guy drafted in the war. Came back. Couldn't get a job. He had to beg for money. Finally, he saved $12. He lost it in the stock market. He invented television. They stole his idea. Now he's writing a book about his life. What's the name of the book? Smile and the World Smiles With You. <laughs> ah, enough of this, Don. Look, do you know where the Blue Goose Cafe is? Yeah, it's two doors down the street. <laughs> Come on, Costello. We're going into the Blue Goose Cafe. 
this is a pretty tough-looking mob in here. Be careful what you say. They find out who we are, they may trap us in a dark room. I ain't afraid. I I'll use my gun. A gun won't help you in a dark room. Okay, then I'll get my knife. A knife won't do any good in a dark room. Then I'll get Jane Russell. What would you do with Jane Russell in a dark room? I'd brush my teeth. I... <laughs> brush your teeth? Certainly. You ask a silly question, you get a silly answer. <laughs> Yeah, but look at that gorgeous, lovely, beautiful girl over there. Here she comes. Well, hello, cute and chubby. <laughs> hello. <laughs> you can call me Dolores, big boy. Hello, Dolores, big boy. Say, <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, you're sweet. What would you like me to call you? If you let me see the microphone, I'll tell you. <laughs> I have it again? You know, you're kind of sweet. What would you like me to call you? You could call me every five minutes. <laughs> Watch yourself, Castello. Watch yourself. Say, Chubby, you do something to me. I'm going to put my arms around you like this. Oh. And I'm going to squeeze you like this. Uh-huh. And now I'm going to kiss you like this. Dolores. <laughs> Dolores. Could I take you to lunch someday? How dare you? I hardly know you. Miss, my partner didn't mean to be uh, disrespectful. I'm sorry, Chubby, and to prove that I'm sorry, I'm going to give you a kiss that'll send you. How is that? Wonderful. Now, can you give me one that'll bring me back? Dolores, <laughs> come here. Now, what is it, Big Tony? I don't like the looks of those two mugs. Find out who they are. Okay, boss. Say, uh, nice of you boys to drop in. Uh, by the way, what business are you in? Why, we're just a couple uh, of... Costello, Costello, don't tell her. Uh, that is, we're, we're, we're a couple of, uh, a couple of retired millionaires. <laughs> Say, look, if you're a couple of millionaires, maybe you'd like to gamble a little. We have a gambling room, you know. Well, we might put a few nickels in the slot machine. Better not, Abbott. We've had such a drought in California this year that even in the slot machines, the oranges won't come up. <laughs> Uh, say, Dolores, is that big fellow who's watching us the owner? Yeah, that's him, Big Tony. He's a real tough guy. Oh, honey, I'm pretty tough myself. I can rip a telephone book in half. You ought to be great in a fight. Well, I don't know. In a fight, you don't get much chance to rip a telephone book in half. <laughs> <laughs> well, boys, how about a little roulette? Like to try your luck? Oh, I don't, I don't think so, Mr. Tony. We're not much on gambling. Now listen, I heard you guys say you were millionaires. See, all millionaires gamble, and you mugs are going to gamble. You better do as he says. He's pretty tough. Abbott, we'd better go into the gambling room. <laughs> Dolores, 
Dolores, that little fat guy is breaking the dice game. Look at that pile of chips he's got. Better get him away from that dice table into the back room. I'll have the boys play a little cards with him. All right, Costello, how many cards do you want? Oh, I'll play these. Look, Abbott, I got three aces and a pair of kings. Bet it all, Costello, you can't lose. All right, you guys, cut out the whispering. What's your bet? $31,000. All the money I won in a dice game. I'll see you. What do you got? A full house. No good. I got a full house and a two-car garage. You got a full house in a two-car garage What kind of poker game is this? Poker? You jerk, we're playing Monopoly That did it, Abbott Let's do our duty as team men and tear this joint apart You're all under arrest Before Abbott and Costello have their final fling, we bring you one more thought on this subject. Well, here's the office of the head team man, Costello. Let's go in and make our report. Well, boys, how did you make out on the first assignment, this team man? Oh, fine. We went to the Blue Goose Cafe and ripped the joint apart. What? You idiot? That was one of our best customers. Uh, team men have customers? Why, sure. You're team men for the United Tea Company. We sell tea, and the Blue Goose Cafe is one of our best customers. Get me out of here. You're listening to I Love Old Time Radio with your host, Virtual Vinny. Welcome back. I'm sure we've all heard the term G-Man which stands for government man. We hear it at the beginning of the Green Hornet each Monday. It refers to law enforcement agents for the U.S. government, especially agents of the FBI. Now, T-Man has a similar definition, but it specifically refers to special agents of the U.S. Treasury Department. And because of that knowledge, I was thinking, how in the world would anyone hire them to be government agents? So, T-Man, as in, T-E-A. Makes sense now. And that's going to conclude our show here on I Love Old Time Radio. This program can be heard on Spotify, Apple, or Google Podcast. We are also on Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, Pandora, or by listening right from our website at iloveoldtimeradio.com. If you enjoy our program, please make sure you rate and review wherever you listen to this podcast. If you would like to help support this show, you can do so by visiting our website at iloveoldtimeradio.com and clicking on the support button. The Green Hornet returns on Monday, and next week we'll have some more of the Abbott and Costello Show. For iloveoldtimeradio.com, this is Virtual Vinny, signing off. <laughs>